Welcome to Pros and Cons, show looking at both sides of any given topic, the good and the bad. And I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. And today's show, we're going to be starting off with arcades. Ooh. <laughs> Are they extinct? I don't know. Like, when was the last time you were at one, you think? Does Dave and Buster's count as I guess. an arcade? That's like the modern take of an yeah. adult arcade yeah i mean i guess i think of like a more stranger things type of arcade you know so not counting dave and busters i would say probably like the summer you know uh golf and stuff in norwalk Ooh, famous spot bro yeah talking about lma boot up hey they shot the video there shot the video there avril lavigne girlfriend bro yeah, that video also. Fire, yo. That's probably like the first music video they shot there. But let's take it a little bit more back. Yeah, Karate Kid. Yo, Karate Kid. Classic. <laughs> Come on. Golf and stuff has that arcade. Yeah. Didn't actually like play anything. But I watched like a few kids just like shooting hoops or like playing the little motorcycle riding game and you see any arcade you have to like at least walk through the whole arcade and just enjoy the lights and sounds but yeah no quarters in for me (laughs) when's the last time you hit an arcade i think it might have been at the santa monica pier damn and like that's a pretty classic kind of arcade right there yeah they got some throwbacks in there i also didn't play anything (laughs) i just walked around (laughs) It was like the best thing to do, bro, is just walk around, <laughs> take a few shots. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, dude, I'm straight lying to your face <laughs> right now. I hit an arcade like a month ago. <laughs> wow, sabotage. You ever hit the Redondo Beach arcade? Nah. Yo. <laughs> you've never seen a more classic arcade. Bro, like I think a- we I think we went to the beach there and then like the arcade was like closed at the time uh we probably went like in the winter or something yeah Yeah. and in the winter i think they only open it like in the weekends right so we probably hit it like on a weekday in the winter or something but yeah i was there not long ago and bro i'm telling you like half of these are like straight wooden and you actually need quarters not tokens to play like these are throwback throwback wow you do get tickets you can win prices but the prices there are so fucking shitty. <laughs> like, you go to redeem your tickets, and it's like, oh, what do you want? And there's, like, twine. <laughs> Legit, like, a box of, like, matches. <laughs> some Twinkies. Yeah, like, <laughs> some random-ass, like, Mexican candy or something. <laughs> they have, like, this mystery box, which is what people usually get. Like, I don't know, let's say 50 tickets. You give it to them, and... You have no idea what's in there. Last time I played there, I won, I don't know, whatever it was, 40, 50 tickets, and I got one of those boxes, and there was crayons in there. <laughs> Not a full pack. We're talking individual, like oh a pink, a brown, and a green one. What? There was like a plastic helicopter. Wow. A keychain of like, I don't know, like a four-leaf clover or something. Yeah. You just go there to have fun and like waste five bucks but yeah we gotta hit it up you gotta see that one so they're weird prizes 
at Redondo Beach. We've established that, but prizes in general, pros and cons, like, what do you think? Specifically to arcades. Con. You know how much money you need to spend to get anything reasonable at an arcade? I don't even want to bring up Dave and Buster's. <laughs> I just feel like you have to like either be the best gamer to win prizes, right? Because you can also play for fun, those games where you don't get tickets. But what about like, and this is going to sound real like Tumblr-y, but hmm. what about the aesthetic of prizes? That's a pro. Maybe it's how they set everything up. Yeah. Because there's usually multiples of everything. It's made to like be visually appealing right. and like great for pictures <laughs> and it makes the kids want it, you know? Yeah. So what about like tickets as like the means to get those prizes and your like reward for winning? It's weird. They're evolving, yeah. Like you remember the classic giants like you would go to the arcade, you'd get all your tickets, but then you gotta hit that machine. You gotta like make the line to the machine and then you'd like plug in right. all the tickets and it like counts them yeah you're hoping it's not like robbing you right and then you get like the receipt you take it up but now they're like evolving i remember one time i went to dave and busters you get tickets on like a card that's like now but i remember before that you would get your tickets but you wouldn't put them on a machine they'd like put this like on a fake ass weight <laughs> and they would just i guess by the weight of the amount of tickets they'd know how many tickets you that's- have some like crooked it was weird i mean i was legit thinking of like pouring a little bit of water on the tickets <laughs> make them a little heavier you know what I mean? but i feel like they would touch it and know that so right. i didn't do it but yeah and now like you just said now they put them in cards and kind of takes the fun away yeah there's something about tickets that feels like integral to that idea and aesthetic of like an arcade and the appeal of doing it and like some games you just play and they don't have tickets like you know street fighter or something but for the games that do have it it's like tickets are bust like if you're gonna put it on a card don't even bother yeah the digitalization of <laughs> arcades is just breaking down <laughs> bro it's it's also like i don't i don't think you've been yet and it's also not your scene but in vegas like if you think of like old movies or something when like you hit jackpot right. it would be like a bunch of coins or oh, yeah, yeah yeah and it's falling and everyone's like looking because right. it's making a lot of noise now it's the same thing it's like really? on a card oh i didn't so even I realize that the machine just like makes noise like yay wow like you won that's but so that's so whack there's no excitement of like you literally carrying a bag of money or something yeah. or f- coins like in the cartoons. Wow. So, yeah, that sucks. I mean, speaking of coins, what do you think about like pros and cons of having to use quarters or tokens to play the games? That's cool. I guess I want I like everything that makes an arcade a classic arcade. I don't right. know if I want the newer. Yeah. 21st century arcade because like there really isn't a way for them to transition it's like the arcade has its appeal because of that old school vibe and feel to it and like a new arcade quote-unquote is more so like playing video games and your nintendo switch and stuff like that you know for real but 
I don't know if you had to choose one or two top arcade games you like to play, what would they be? Wow, that's a <laughs> that's tough. I would say, well, the first one I used to go to this arcade that's still there in this airport in Indiana where my mom's family is, Damn. and it was like a small little airport and also a small little arcade, but. It was like a room, you know, a decent size. And they had this golf game. I think it was Golden Tee. And, like, I'm not even a huge golf person at all. But for some reason, that was like a game I would always play in there. And, like, my grandpa would give me some quarters and I'd play. And I just have, like, good memories with that game. And it was like a little wheel that you would kind of make that hand movement over to take the swing of the golf club, which added like a fun element to it. And yeah, so I'd say that's like strangely my number one, even Hmm. though I don't know if it's the best game you could play. But then number two, I'm going to have to go with air hockey. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Can't go wrong. It's like a classic and just really fun to play. What about you? See, I'm all about precision. (laughs) So I did. I I really did enjoy skee-ball, like, as a kid. Also a classic, for sure. So I hit teens, you know, 10, 11. People would compare me to someone like a, I don't know, a prime Steph Curry with (laughs) a shot. So I have to hit the little basketball hoop, bro. (laughs) Also very fun. Yeah, that's like... If your arcade doesn't have that, then are you really arcade? Right. You need, like, air hockey, basketball, and skee-ball. Yeah. And you have, like, a solid arcade already. And at least, like, five to ten other random games that you're just jabbing away on the sticks. You know, like a Street Fighter or something. Street Fighter. Something with, like, a gas pedal and a steering wheel. Yeah. And maybe a motorcycle and you're set. Right. But, yeah, I tend to go with the classics. Yeah. What about, like, how much money they are, like, in terms of how many quarters you're spending? Of course, back in the day, it used to be more of a thing where you'd really lose a lot of money. Now it's more of a novelty where you're kind of going once in a while and it's not a huge thing. But I don't know. What do you think about the money side of it? still think they're expensive. As a kid, I wasn't paying for it. Right. The last times I've gone, it's coming out of my pocket, so I feel it. (laughs) Yeah. And I am a gamer, so I can easily drop like 60 bucks right at your local arcade <laughs> when that's like a PS4 game, you know? Yeah. But still has that like nostalgia and kind of makes it worth everything you pay for. And also you brought up like video games and we've both had our experiences with a lot of consoles over the years from Game Boys to ps2 and so forth like what do you think of the experience of playing games in an arcade compared to like video games and stuff that's hard for me to answer because in arcades i'm going for the more physical games which is like the actual shooting ski balls or basketballs and air hockey where you're actually moving because in arcades, I was never into the machines. I was never into the Street Fighters. And maybe I'd do, like, the race car ones because they were fun. Especially, But like, even that's kind of physical. 
Yeah, and even yeah, exactly. Even that's kind of physical. So I guess it's different from a console. I'm a huge fan of console, just because you know the less you have to move, the better. <laughs> at the comfort of your couch, and just graphics have gotten insane right now. So it's yeah. always fun to play that. But so then, what about overall? Are like arcades pro or con for you? Arcades, I'm a pro them. If you're still using tokens and tickets, <laughs> if you're giving me a card that I can reload via app, yeah, <laughs> it's a wrap. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And like, definitely for me, pro classic arcade, right? Con Dave and Buster's and all that, but classic arcades from '80s and etc. Like again easy reference stranger things like those are just awesome and such a great feel to them and like we said like aesthetic and comforting kind of nature yeah and like part of that distinct look of arcades is like their design and part of that is also neon sometimes Ooh, bright lights of a neon sign always reminds me of a uh, back home you know bodegas Ooh. Like uh, the Bodega Boys? Oh, Jesus and Meryl. Yup. Jesus and Meryl are back. Back on TV. Showtime to be specific. Represent the Bronx. All day. BX. Bodega Hive. You heard? So, if you guys don't know, Jesus and Meryl, what would you say they are? Like online personalities? Legends? Legends. BX Goats comedians entertainers entertainers they many labels many yeah. labels podcasters podcasters fathers well father <laughs> and a proud owner of a cat and a dog in Deces. yeah but yeah they made a comeback to tv yeah i mean they left by choice they were at viceland before and their contract ran up and they wanted to take their talents elsewhere and now they're on Showtime. 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 If you've ever been on a train in New York, you know what that is. <laughs> but yeah, so now they're on Showtime. Big baller moves. And sadly, the show isn't on every day or four times a week like they used to be. Yeah, like they were on Viceland. Yeah, now it's only once on Thursdays, but just glad to have them back on, though. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. They left that show at the end of June, and they've been on hiatus since then, getting all this ready for the Showtime version. And it's crazy, like, their growth just coming up. I wasn't, like, super early on them, but I think they just started off on Twitter. Yeah. Like, they were just, like, Twitter personalities. Right. And they were at Complex. Yeah, they moved on to Complex. They made, like, appearances... On, like, MTV, this is the first right. memory I have on them. I'm not, like, super proud to mention this, but I used to watch, like, Guy Code and Girl Code on MTV. And they they made this show, like, fun to watch. So they'd come up and it was a show where they would, like, I mean, self-explanatory. they talk about Girl Code and Guy Code. Just rules, unwritten rules about boys and gals. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they'd go off on their little rants and be pretty funny and i was like super aware of them and i was like oh they're cool like 
this dude's Dominican. He always has like a Dominican hat on. Right. And like this black kid or Jamaican guy, and they have like this great chemistry. So I was like on board with them, but that was like the first. And that was what like this was like 2011. Yeah. 2012. And those shows kept going until maybe 2013. Right. Or, yeah, they got canceled around there. But, yeah, then they started their world-famous podcast. Bodega Boys. Bodega Boys, which is always on the top in the comedies on iTunes. And, yeah, then they made it to Viceland, and they freaking skyrocketed. Yeah, they got a lot of big guests on that Viceland show, and just in general... Like you said, like their popularity just took it to another level. And I feel like even we were talking about when they ended the Viceland show, how like they had such great momentum and were they going to be able to carry that until showtime, like as strongly as they had it. But, you know, the brand is strong and they kept it going. The brand is ultra broad like right now, bro. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I feel like they got even more popular in the meantime. Yeah, somehow, some way. It seemed like impossible when it happened. I remember having this conversation like, yo, why'd they do that? Yeah. At the time of their last episode, no one knew when they were going to come on right. Showtime. So it almost seemed like a bad idea. Like, yeah. what the fuck are they doing? Why are they not announcing it right. and start building the hype? And especially because they were and still are covering like a lot of current news topics. Right which they're good at and it's like they're missing out on so much content because of all this stuff happening and even like selfishly for us like we wanted to see them talk about the yankees and the playoffs and stuff hell yeah i mean like wasn't it right when or right around the time they ended with viceland that like the push a t and drake thing happened? oh yeah it was like the week after i think they would have had probably like a whole episode on that thing right. just because that was such like a moment right online and all that so yeah it almost seemed like a terrible idea but the brand is still ultra strong right now yeah i mean they did keep their podcast going but for me personally i prefer their tv or video content more just because like they're more of that kind of a entertainer to me and like the podcast is also a different style yeah, it's a different style. I still listen to the podcast, but I would agree with you. Like, their show, they're better to watch. Yeah, there's, like, a visual comedy. Yeah, there's, like, visual. Mero is literally a character, not just with what he says, but how he acts. And right. Just the faces he makes you would want to be watching, not just listening. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, we're recording this Thursday night, and we just watched their first episode. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's pros and cons. The first episode, like, in itself, and also compare it to the Viceland show. Yeah. So, I mean, first impressions, like, what'd you think? I mean, I I really liked it, but that might also be, like, I missed them so much that right. anything they put out, I was just <laughs> happy to see. Yeah. Um, To start off, they lead off with a skit. Yeah. Which is something new. They never did that at viceland and the skits like throughout the show i'd say were a huge pro for me entertaining and different and like you said they didn't have that before so it was like something fresh and i feel like it's only gonna keep evolving and i could see it turning into like 
Chappelle show, Key and Peele, like that kind of a feel to them, you know? Right. It was almost that. And since they are on Showtime, you know, they have that high production, but with their comedy. Yeah. So it's like they meet somewhere in the middle and yeah, I loved every minute of it. It was pretty well made. I'm going to hit you with the cons Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's got to be balanced out. And the biggest thing for me that was a problem was the set design. Yeah. I just really hated it. (laughs) It was like something out of a late 2000s ESPN tryhard show. Even reminds me of like katie nolan's set yeah yeah like i love katie nolan but her set is also super outdated and atrocious straight dookie (laughs) yeah also bill simmons like shout out to the god but like when he had that show on hbo that set was god awful yeah i mean it's part of the reason why that shit got cut real quick (laughs) shout out to bill though shout outs but what's up with like all these sets being so outdated and like it's not even tasteful i don't know it just was so off-putting and like also the lighting of it it was just bad yeah it had that spotlight type effect to it which was weird yeah very different than what they had at viceland right which is like a big thing too because their viceland set is iconic like it's so unique and different just with like a flash of the eye you were like oh I know what that is. Right. And it was just so different and cool and interesting. And for those who don't know, it was like a forest background and big bear with Tim's and Yankee hat and rug and stuff. No, yeah, it was it like represented them. Yeah. And it wasn't anything special. It was actually like borderline hood and like right. sloppy. But yeah, it was like that was they part just, of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like they just found whatever they could and kind of pieced it together and it just looked right yeah and here i don't know if to them it's a step back in their heads but visually to us it is right (laughs) it just didn't like represent them and what or how i see them yeah so that was that but i guess they tried like they had a little bit more control in that side room where they do interviews yeah i mean they had like a little bodega thing and like graffiti of the bronx and stuff but i don't know it still felt kind of plasticky and like just not authentic yeah for sure not the same and also something that was different which was another con for me was like the live audience slash laugh track which was kind of strange and like the combination of those two especially with the set design is like I don't know it impacts the whole thing of how you view the whole show aside from like the skits but whenever they're in that space yeah i wasn't expecting that i don't know they did like a joke at some point and the laughs just came raining in and i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) um just because i wasn't used to seeing it on their viceland show but yeah i I'd say that was a con for me too. Doesn't fit. It's almost like too traditional. That's where like the old guy with the tie exactly uh, decided to put that in somehow. And Jesus and Mero are very much not the guy with the tie. Like for those who don't know. Not at all. Um, 
part of their humor is that they make fun of people like that. Right. Or, I don't know. They make fun of everything and anyone. So Yeah, and it also feels more detached with the audience because on Viceland I feel like you would hear those comments from the producers and other crew and it would feel like intimate and here it's like I don't know, interacting with a fake audience. Yeah. And it's something I'm sure we'll like get used to. Not that I'm happy with that, but I don't know. It's also like the pilot. I'm hoping right. they make some changes. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's with the set, hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. Anything. But let's jump back on some pros. Yeah, for sure. They're back. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> Wait, I have one more con. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's once a week, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, any content, I want like lots of it. If I'm a fan of it, right. I want it every day. I mean, I'm a baseball fan, so... I got baseball every day when baseball season's here. Right. That's like my mentality with everything else. But yeah, back to pros. They're back. The humor's there. Their production value is like way up. That Showtime money is here. And I just look forward to seeing all their skits. And even the show. It's not just them coming up with all their jokes off the top of their heads and playing around. Now they have a room full of talented writers that help them out. And as long as they keep their humor in there, I'm all in. What did you think of like how they tackled current event stuff for the first episode? Um, I liked it. It's, it's pretty similar to how they used to do it. It like looks different. They have different transitions, but it's almost the same. So like they bring something up, they put like a clip of it with like a title. And then they talk about it or go on, yeah, say a few jokes about it and move on to the next topic. So that's looks slightly different, but it's pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, the style was definitely similar for how they tackled that. I think my perception of it was kind of biased, like I said, from the set design and all that stuff where I feel like it spilled over into how I was like absorbing that. So it was a little different and off-putting in that sense because it was affected by that, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, I feel I'll get used to it, but maybe I won't even have to. They might change some things around. Right. But yeah, and they also brought back the famous rainbow, which is no longer a rainbow. Yeah, it's a neon sign. It's a neon sign, you know, from the bodega, like, <laughs> we're open. Or... Right. So, if you guys don't know, from their show, any guests that would come by, at the end of their interview, they tell them, what would you want your rainbow to say? Which yeah. is, any message, promote albums, movies, whatever it is that you have to say. Usually, usually it was, like, low catchphrase or something. Yeah, um... Sometimes it'd be short. Sometimes people would go extra long, which would make it even more comedic. Yeah, exactly. But they brought it back as a bodega sign. So what would you want your bodega sign to say? (laughs) (laughs) Which fits in. Somehow it worked. Um, Doesn't come off the tongue as easily. Um, But cool that they found a way to keep it in. 
Yeah, and speaking of that too, they had Ocasio as the first guest. And what did you think of like the interview style and also her as a guest? First off, shout out to the AOC for real. Bang bang. Doing work representing the BX again. BX. Um yeah, in connection to that, it was great. In Viceland, it seemed like they got anyone and everyone to go on that show. Yeah. It almost became like the cool thing to go to that show, it seemed, if you were a celebrity. And that worked for them. And here they started off strong with someone that's hot in politics, news every day. She's also like popping on Twitter. And in like the community of the Bronx and all that. Yeah, she's like repping the Bronx, which they rep heavily. Yeah. So it was like... I think the perfect intro. Right. And it's someone that they would have chemistry with even if they hadn't met before. Right. Which I think is important. You don't want like a first awkward like yeah. interview with Jack Nicholson or something. Right. Who's the man. But, you know, you want someone that fits in and you can have fun with right yeah. away. Um, yeah. And I think she was definitely a good pick as a guest. And I think they do have good chemistry. I think... Like, the interview itself could have been better, but that's also, again, them, like, finding their footing in this new place. Yeah. I mean, it was similar to what they did in their old show. I mean, how it looked, they basically sit on this table sideways, which is kind of awkward because usually they sit the guests or guests, if they have more than one, in between them. Right. And it's kind of hard to look at two people when they're <laughs> one on your left and one on your right. <laughs> yeah. But they had that on the last show, so it's not that they improved or got any worse. But, yeah, to be a first episode, you would want the interview to be stronger. But it was also one of those things where, like, they were only going to talk about what she as a politician is ready to talk about. Right. And they did ask her, like, a few little Bronx-centric or, like, I guess more personal questions outside of politics but i mean did you think they did a good job of either like setting her up for the question or for her answering in terms of like her explaining those things like the green new deal and the tax stuff to like the kind of audience that Jesus and Miro has i mean i think they did but it's always hard because they've also had other politicians come in before I think they did fine because they did it with humor. Like when Deces was like, oh, I'm getting rich now. Why are you trying to pass this tax law? Right. Getting that showtime money. But it was more to her like to explain that why the tax law isn't as bad as people make it seem that it is. And it's kind of like to inform those people that aren't really into politics. Right. Just enough to inform yeah. the average, I don't know, 20-something-year-old that isn't into it. And I also, think in that way it was fine. Also, one more thing on the interview. Um, they also showed like a clip during the middle of the interview of them going to visit her in D.C., which I felt was like a lot more authentic to them and natural and stuff. But it was a little weird to have it like in between the interview. Like it could have just been another segment or skit or something. Right. That's a good one. I almost forgot that. But yeah, it was it was very different. And it, it was a lot more authentic to them. It seemed yeah. like they were freer and like maybe there was less writing that had to do with it, even right. though I'm sure there was, but they played it off better and 
yeah, it played like a skit or like a segment. And I don't know if they do that with every guest, but it just worked pretty well with this one. So let's finish this up. I mean, obviously, this is just the pilot, like we said, so things can definitely change. But off the first episode, first impression, pro or con, them leaving Viceland, or I guess just like the style of the Viceland show compared to the Showtime one. I'm going to have to pro the move to Showtime. Damn. Just because a few things outweigh their setup at Viceland. Like the production value and skits. One, the production value and skits. I feel like they're moving towards that. I think they're almost like one of those. They could become like writers one day to something. And this is like a great outlet to. Yeah. Or not even just writers, actors too. Right. I would like to see them on a project one day. If yeah. It's a comedy or something. They're already in Neo Yokio, Netflix, shout out, peep that. Yeah. Which is anime, but <laughs> still, voice acting is a thing too. Right. Um, I like that it is like a full running 30 minute show. I know the con is that it's only once a week, but. It seems like it's gonna be a solid thirty minutes the whole time, and no like bad or dead two to three minutes where it's not that great. They're yeah. gonna give you the best of the best, or at least I'm hoping right. they do. I'm gonna have to con it with a disclaimer. One is that, like I said, things can change. I might change my mind. Two, I am like happy for them, and I think. Like, in terms of their career, like you said, I think this will be a good move and make sense. But I'm saying Khan, at least so far, in the sense of the style of the Viceland show, I liked a lot better. And it felt a lot like comfort just to watch it at any time. And it was so unique and so different. And this one, so far, again, I just go back to that set just feels a little repetitive or like something you've seen before and it's a shame because they're so unique and i'd love to see them have a set on this new show that matches that so you're conning it solely because of the set yeah man it's a huge like it's like a deal breaker for me just to make it clear yeah Uh, (laughs) so hey thesis marrow if you're listening switch that setup (laughs) but yeah that wraps it up for the week yeah this has been pros and cons where we look at two sides of any given topics and i'm jack and i'm kev and the show is part of cesspool a podcast network of a variety of different shows of stuff in pop culture so check us out yeah don't forget always slide into our dms if you got anything to say hey or just comment on any of our posts or leave a review on apple Podcasts. Yes, sir. And we'll be back next Friday. Peace.